Day number 52. Americans held hostage. Day 52 behind enemy lines. We do have some news out of Afghanistan. We'll give you an update here. Um, You know, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, uh, who was put in jail for posting videos that were critical of what was the most single most preventable farm policy debacle in the history of mankind. Anyway, according to reports now, he will be released from pretrial confinement. He will face a general court martial. He has in the interim submitted his resignation in lieu of court martial to the secretary of the Navy. Dozens of members of Congress have requested that he accept that. So we will see what happens. Uh, you know, it, but it's day 52. Whatever I've been saying, every day that passes, it gets more and more difficult to to recover every American that's trapped in Afghanistan. Now it's like day 35. Joe Biden has not mentioned them one time. The people he's abandoned. The State Department has put up one obstacle after another for individuals that are risking their lives, former special ops, Navy SEALs, people that have invested. You know, it's, I, my guess is it's probably to charter a 740, 50, 67, at least a million dollars. And these planes have been chartered. I've been told that very generous, wealthy people have stepped up to the place and have have been paying for them. Apparently, there's an FBI investigation into it. The State Department says, well, if you have a charter, even if there are American citizens on the charter, you're still not allowed to land in the USA. And if you get a third party country to accept your charter and they need our permission, it will not be forthcoming. I don't know whether they just embarrassed. Makes no sense to me. Reports today, the Associated Press of the Taliban and more of their atrocities against our allies in Afghanistan that Joe abandoned. These are people that we promised if this day ever came, we would we would get them the hell out of there. Taliban forces, they killed 13 ethnic, uh, what's called Hazaras, and most of them are prominent Afghan soldiers that surrendered to the insurgents, a prominent rights group has said. The killings took place. And one of the provinces in more central Afghanistan. And according to an investigation by Amnesty International, 11 of the victims were members of the Afghan National Security Forces. Two were civilians, among them a 17-year-old girl. An estimated 300 Taliban fighters arrived in a convoy where the security force members were staying, some of the family members as well. As they attempted to leave the area with their families, Taliban fighters caught up with them. They opened fire on a crowd. They killed a 17-year-old girl. One soldier fired back, killing a Taliban fighter, wounding another. The Taliban continued to shoot as the families were trying to flee and killing two soldiers. According to that report, after nine security forces surrendered, the Taliban took them to a nearby river basin and they murdered them. According to the rights group, Amnesty International, Amnesty said that it it has verified photographs, video evidence taken in the aftermath of the killings. That surprise you? It does not surprise me. Afghan ambassador to the U.S. slams Biden and says that they cannot trust the United States. Literally saying slamming the Biden administration and adding that. She would question and laugh at the U.S.'s ability to spread democracy. 
Anyway, the interview is with Axios on HBO. No, sorry, she said. Uh, she was then asked if the Afghans would ever trust an American president again. No. Thank you. And thanks, but no thanks. Senators have been alarmed after Afghan refugees walked off military bases by the hundreds. We don't need, we haven't even vetted many of these people. I told you that was happening in the past as well. And we have, you want to know what the Taliban, where this is headed? Let me, let me take you back to an ABC News report in November of 2017. Because there's been a virtual blackout of all of these human atrocities that we told you were happening. We told you would happen. Now they are happening. We told you that every Afghan ally is now being chased down. We left the data behind so they can identify who these people are. And then we also left biometric data behind, which means they're going to tell everybody, look into the computer, and if there's a match, they're going to kill you. That's the Taliban. They've been locked down now by the Biden-friendly media mob. As far as the media is concerned, you know, they, they don't talk about Americans held hostage. The thousands of, America, of, of people with green cards eligible to live here that are hostages. They don't talk about American families that are hostages. They don't talk, talk about our Afghan allies that we abandoned. The Taliban is take as the country locked down. The Biden-friendly media has no interest in telling the story about how they're abusing women, how they're killing individual people, how they're searching, going door-to-door, -door, looking for anybody that might have helped the United States in the last 20 years. You know, but if you, if you want to know what, what the future of the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan is, if the past is any indication of the future, it's dire. And probably it's going to be worse this time. If you go back to 2017, what happened to one of the last American citizens taken captive by the Taliban? An American mom held hostage by the Taliban for five years, says she was beaten, raped as she tried to protect her children from their captors. Her name is Caitlin Coleman Boyle from Pennsylvania, abducted while traveling in Afghanistan with her husband, had her three children also in captivity. She described in great specificity the brutal treatment her family endured in kept captivity. She accused her captors of murdering their unborn daughter, a forced abortion. She was later raped by two men in retribution for trying to report a crime to their superiors while their eldest son was in the room to compel her to stay silent. One day they came into the cell. They took my husband out forcefully, dragging him out. One of the guards threw me down on the ground, hitting me, shouting me, I'll kill you. That's when the assault happened. It was with two men. And then there was a third at the door. And then after animals wouldn't even give me back. The, the animals wouldn't even give me back my clothes. They just kept saying that this will happen again and again. If we don't stop speaking about the forced abortion, that this happened because we were trying to tell people what they had done and it would happen again. The physical abuse of the family escalated when the Haqqani network, now in charge of the Taliban now, demanded that, that they join the extremist group as Western propagandists. There were beatings, violence. They'd come to make the offer again. She said, no, more beatings, more violence. And after the final time, that's when they killed our daughter. And after that, there were no more, you know, no more efforts to recruit them. The family was freed in mid-October, what was described by the Pakistani army as an operation carried out by Pakistani troops, but details of the operation are not clear. 
Two told ABC News they were speaking out soon uh, after their release because they want justice for their abusers, hoping Taliban leaders will be put on trial for war crimes and otherwise held accountable. That's it every day. That is the future. And it's going to get worse. And some of these images will leak out over time. And it is all of it preventable. Uh, We'll get into some of the polling data, especially as it relates to coronavirus later in the program today. But uh, with Robert Cahaley and Trafalgar, he did specific polling on vaccine mandates we'll get to. But overall, Democratic voter registration, their lead now has drastically shrunk in key battleground states all across the country. In Florida, Democrats are only leading Republicans in voter registration by 24,000. That number's come down substantially. It was at 100,000 in January. When Obama ran for office in 2008, the state had over 700,000 more Democrats. Pennsylvania Democrats also dropping in registered voters. In two years, Republicans have gained nearly 200,000 voters. Democrats, you know, they still have a 600,000 person lead, but it was over 800,000 just a short time ago. In North Carolina, Democrats' advantage dropped 140,000 since October 2019. Democratic committee member in Florida told The Hill the trend is very concerned. Democrats are worried about 2020. 22. They should be. What can they point to that's that that they're being successful at harassing their own? You know, I, I notice, for example, you know what happened to Kristen Cinema, and I'll play it later in the program, not now. And Joe Manchin, you know, Jen Psaki, just like Joe Biden, was asked yesterday. Joe, oh, it says business as usual. Well, it goes with the territory. Jen Psaki was asked what she thought of, you know, the people that followed Kristen Cinema into the bathroom or were chasing her in the airport and are attacking her there. And, you know, just like her cognitive mess of a boss, Joe Biden, she tried to have it both ways. When she was asked about Cinema being ambushed by in the bathroom, you know, Psaki's first comments were not, this is a disgrace. These people are repulsive. Saki didn't say this is against the law and the perpetrator should be prosecuted. She also failed to note there were several illegal immigrants involved in the illegal stunt and they will be deported. No, none of those words ever crossed Saki's lips. Instead, she actually defended the people that filmed a U.S. senator while she's going to the bathroom. Let me be clear here, because I think the context of what happened here is very important. And Senator Sinema put out a statement this morning, so... As she said, and I would reiterate here, the production of the freedom to protest, to speak out and criticize is fundamental to our democracy. The president believes that. Okay, so then I guess Joe has no problem with all these chants at all these football fields in Talladega and all around the country to F Joe Biden. Maybe that's, you know, shorthand. Finally, a reporter asked Jen Psaki, so does the White House condemn the protesters that chased her into the bathroom? I just said it was inappropriate. Oh, that's really going out on a limb. I don't know if Republicans really realize this is an opportunity. I would I would reach out to Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin. And if they really want to do what's best for West Virginia and Arizona, that'd be going back to the Trump policies. Because they worked on the border 
on energy, lower taxes, less bureaucracy. By the way, Senator Mike Lee blasted these people that assault, assaulted Kristen Cinema. He was on with uh, Maria Bartiromo, and, and he, he said during this interview, tore into Biden for describing the harassment as part of the process. Listen, in, in, in a way, there's some truth to that. I mean, if you're in the public eye, it just is the nature of, I guess, the way things are today. And, um, you know, we've had our moments ourselves over the years, most of them pretty comical. I just say, please don't make me hurt you. Please, I, don't, I don't really want to hurt you. That's my standard line. Please don't make me hurt you because I really don't want to hurt anybody. You know, just just want to go get along and have a good day. I want everybody else to have a good day, too. It's possible, too, if you try. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SHAWN. John Solomon later. You know the guy that's heading up and chairing this January 6th commission? You know, obviously, it's already a, it's a foregone conclusion. It's a predetermined outcome. They stacked the deck with every Trump hater they can find. Once they kicked off Congressman Jim Jordan and Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, he'll join us, by the way, later in the program. It's been a foregone conclusion. They they have their narrative. You know, there are important questions to ask, so it doesn't ever happen again. Like, for example, why, when the White House and the Capitol uh, Police Chief requested prior to this event that the National Guard be on the ready and be available, why was that denied? Who made those decisions? Why did that happen? Who allowed that to happen? But I guess you can't. We're not going to get answers to these questions. Is anyone going to ask why we've had all of these riots in the summer of 2020? Riots. What do we have happened during those riots? We had dozens of Americans killed. Cops pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, frozen water bottles. We had many of them, thousands injured, thousands of cops injured. We had police precincts burned to the ground. We had other federal buildings attempt to destroy them. We had looting. We had arson. We had city blocks taken over. And again, people killed. And, and where's that commission? And it's amazing that some states now are saying, even though they have videotape evidence, that they're not going to lift a finger to prosecute the people that they have on video committing crimes. But there's only one riot that they care about, not the 534 other riots. I, I, I say they're all wrong. And that the laws should be applied equally. The scrutiny similarly should be at the same level. How do we prevent innocent people from being killed in the future and cops from being injured and businesses from being destroyed? How do we prevent police precincts from being burned to the ground? 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. We'll tell you about Biden's trip to Michigan next.
Sean Hannity. Always concerned for our country. Always honoring our servicemen and servicewomen. And standing up for liberty every day. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the uh, program, hang on, I'm just sending that in now. Uh, Okay. Um, So Joe Biden is on his way to uh, Michigan, I see, to try and salvage this disaster of his, you know, new Green Deal monstrosity, spending monstrosity. Um. And it's interesting because, you know, the, the infighting now is is bubbling over. You see the the socialist squad aggressiveness and, and their supporters aggressiveness with Senator Sinema and with with Joe Manchin. Um, the White House kind of goes after the the this squad on all of this. And it's interesting because they didn't invite them to a Zoom meeting on the agenda. In other words, the real speaker, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez and Tlaib and Omar and Presley and others, you know, they hold a news conference after President Trump attacked them on Twitter. All right. So big deal. Anyway, a Monday conference call between Joe and left wing House Democrats in support of his bill did not include these four prominent members, these four prominent members, Omar Ocasio-Cortez. Presley, Tlaib, uh, were not asked to participate in the Zoom call, which I find very interesting. This thing is falling apart. They're the ones that have been in control of this from the beginning. And, you know, for Nancy Pelosi now, you know, unable to get the win and get this over the finish line because it was the squad that stopped her. The squad said we're not voting on the $1.2 trillion so-called, it's not, bipartisan infrastructure bill. And uh, we won't vote on that until we get the new Green Deal, you know, $3.5 trillion on top of all the other monies, of course, that we've spent. And it's, and it's pretty fascinating. And this is what I've been telling you, is that the real Speaker of the House is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Pelosi's pretty much Speaker in name only. Because if you look at what Nancy Pelosi was saying, you know, there will be a vote today, she was saying, Friday morning. Well, okay, there will be a vote today. Well, that didn't happen. Now she's moved the date to October 31st. The White House now doesn't even want to include the squad in, in, a, in a meeting when they have, the, they have full capacity to stop it. By the way, this guy, Scott, um, Rodney Scott, his name expired in June, 30 years with the Border Patrol. He was on Fox last night in an interview. Um, we have terrorist threats. We can't get into this type of in, a, in this type of forum, but they're real. Well, what have I been saying? What do we know about the 400,000 people that Mayorkas is telling us to expect to cross the border illegally in the month of October? What do we really know about the 200,000 people on average per month that are crossing into this country illegally? And those are only the ones we know about. And all of our resources now being focused on on very specific areas of the border that leaves the rest of the border wide open. And that's been a boon for human traffickers and drug traffickers and gangs and cartels and, and everybody else.
But the one thing I've been saying is I don't care if it's, you know, people getting, you know, into the country from Afghanistan. Every I don't care where you come from. You've got to have a background check. We got to make sure you don't have radical associations. You got to have a health check in the middle of a pandemic. When you're when you're mandating vaccinations for every American, how come preferential treatment is given to people that don't respect our laws, borders and sovereignty? Makes absolutely no sense. None whatsoever. And and it's just like, you know, it's like see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. It's just Joe Biden is clueless. What do you hear from John Solomon at the top of the next hour about this January 6th commission chairman sympathizing with this black secessionist group that killed cops? Well, that makes that makes perfect sense. I guess we have a guy that knows a thing or two. Maybe he's an expert. He knows a lot about insurrections because way earlier in his life, that's what he was involved in. You know, there's an interesting side note that nobody's paid attention to. You know, on top of the mileage tax that they've been talking about and the corporate tax and the capital gains tax and the death tax. And you don't pay taxes unless it's four hundred thousand dollars or more per year. It's really two hundred per person, four hundred thousand per couple. But all these corporate taxes, that all gets passed on to you and all these other taxes will be passed on to you. And the worst thing that Joe Biden did is eliminate energy independence that we achieved for the first time in 75 years. Now they want to hire you know, nearly 100,000 IRS agents. So the harassment I get every year, all of you will get every year. And it won't just be me. Maybe I should be, you know, there's, you know, we'll all be miserable together. Um, but anyway, the Wall Street editorial board put out a piece. The IRS wants to look at your bank account. Now think about this. On your next trip to the ATM, imagine Uncle Sam is actually looking over your shoulder as if an annual tax filing isn't invasive enough. They want to now look into your specific checking account. I'll be honest. I mean, I do everything by the book. I advise all of you to do everything by the book. And uh, I, I I think it's one of the dumbest things you can do. If you think you're, you're going to outsmart the IRS, um, unless you're making little to no money, I wouldn't do it. Because it's, it's, it's not going to work out well for you, especially if you're a known conservative. Anyway, the commissioner of the IRS now wants banks to report annual cash flows from everyday ordinary account holders. Janet Yellen is promoting the plan. House Ways and Means Committee, they'll decide they're debating whether to include this in this reconciliation package of $3.5 trillion. Yellen says reporting it will catch wealthy tax uh, dodgers. Well, if they're looking for wealthy tax dodgers, then why are they looking at every single account and every single transaction above a $600 balance? Uh, Is $600 now defined by your government as being rich? They never define what the rich are. But she backs this, you know, reporting of the IRS of $600 transactions because it will fill the tax Seven trillion dollar gap, she says. All right, that doesn't make any sense. They would require every single transaction above six hundred bucks to be reported as she backs Joe Biden's, you know, whatever happened to some privacy and banking. Now, apparently there are a bunch of these people. There was a big hack that took place. 
and apparently a lot of the rich and the powerful and politically connected, they all have all these offshore accounts. I don't have any offshore accounts. I wouldn't even know how to begin to open one if I wanted to. But they have all these offshore accounts. Now, it was interesting when Jen Psaki, and we'll get into this later, wouldn't say whether Hunter Biden divested from his Chinese private equity firm. That's a pretty interesting exchange. She got pretty ticked off. And if he has money in the Bank of China, why is she getting angry about this? Now there was concern when President Biden took office about his son's business dealings with China. He was supposed to divest himself of his stake in a Chinese private equity firm in December with ties to the Chinese Central Bank. As of April, he had not yet done that. And at some point, you are going to get back to us on that. Do you have an update on that? Has he dissolved that interest now? I'd point you to his representatives on that. He doesn't work in the administration. Right. Into this, though, the president has said during the campaign that none of his family will have any business relationship with anyone that relates to a foreign corporation or a foreign country. Wouldn't it be assuring to the American people as we head into this if they just let the American people know if Hunter has divulged himself? Well, that? again, I, I I conveyed to you, and then I think I'm going to have to move on. That you should yeah, talk to. You should talk to his representatives. There's no reason to yell. I'm certainly not yelling. You should talk to his representatives. That remains his policy. He's been working to wind that down. Beyond that, if they would talk to his representatives. Okay. Now, if you're getting money from an oligarch in Russia, three and a half million dollars, and an oligarch in Kazakhstan, and you got the whole Burisma mess and the quid and the pro and the quo, and you're not getting a billion dollars unless... Uh, you fire a, a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating uh, his son that's making millions with no experience. And then you get a $100,000 Chinese shopping spree for the Hunter Biden's family. And then you get the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. Why would anybody not think that the Bidens are compromised? How is it that's not a big issue for everybody in the media. And what would the media reaction be if it was Donald Trump? This this, this is all insanity of the left. You know, I'm looking at, you know, some of the people on the left. I, I don't really know who Anna Navarro is. I guess she works for fake news CNN. I thought she was on The View. No, she's on both. She does both shows. Oh, anyway, she is now suggesting that Kristen Cinema deserved being harassed in the bathroom. What is wrong with these people? I thought they were the ones that were, that were upset that people, you know, entered the, the Capitol and, and all that took place on January 6th. That's okay to go after a senator and intimidate a senator and film a senator when she's in a stall inside of a bathroom? You don't find that an invasion of one's personal privacy? It's so such hypocrisy. It's unbelievable. How about we leave people that have political views different than ours the hell alone? Or if you're going to see, you know, this is something I don't understand. I actually one time ran into Chuck Schumer at the Oyster Fest in Oyster Bay. I said, hi, Senator. It's Sean Hannity. Nice to meet you. Should have seen the shock on his face. And he was shocked, completely stunned. And I was nice to him. Why would I be mean to him? If I run into people that I know who hate my guts, well, what am I going to do? Get in a screaming match with them? I'd probably just say hello. 
I don't have problems with people hating my guts. You're allowed to hate my guts if you want to hate my guts. But you know, if you follow me into the bathroom, you're a creep. That's kind of creepy. Good grief. And a lot of these left-leaning news outlets are justifying this harassment of Kristen Cinema. I'm having a hard time understanding that. Susan Collins, senator of Maine, has come up with an idea. She's floating a plan that the GOP would support raising the debt limit if the Democrats abandon Biden's $3.5 trillion debacle economic agenda. In other words, but you see, the problem with Republicans here is they weren't involved in the process from the beginning. And if they're not going to be involved in the process as it relates to the economy, why would they go along with raising the debt ceiling when you can't call yourself a Republican or a conservative and vote for this type of socialism, new new Green Deal-ism, human infrastructure, as they call it. I love how they play games with with words and i don't think joe biden is going to convince anybody in michigan going out trying to promote that this this agenda of his it's it's pretty unbelievable one democratic uh senator legislator rather said he proposed a bill for men to get vasectomies if they have more than three children chris rabb of pennsylvania house of representatives wow he tweeted that uh, this on Saturday, his bill would require all inseminators to get vasectomies after having their third child or their 40th birthday, whichever comes first. The bill, he said, would allow women to take civil action against men who wrongfully conceive a child with them and re- would reward $10,000 to those who report violations of the law. Okay. My body, my choice, whatever happened to that. You know, the government should not tell anybody what they can and cannot do with their body. Except you better take the jab and you better get your vasectomy. Oh, my gosh. Biden administration for policy banning federally funded family planning clinics from making abortion referrals. Yeah, of course. Everyone's all worried. Oh, look at the look at the controversial slate of topics on the Supreme Court. I'm not expecting this Supreme Court under John Roberts to do anything that's going to be deemed worthwhile. I just don't. He's he's he is now, in my view, like you always have the Rehnquist court, the this court, whatever it happens to be, the chief justice. And I think he's more concerned about, quote, his legacy and not being seen as political. And I think by doing that, he's been nothing but political. Quite an irony. All right, a lot of ground to cover. John Solomon, editor-in-chief, justthenews.com. He's breaking a story how the the leader of the January 6th commission, which is already a preordained conclusion, uh, Benny Thompson, chairs the commission. Anyway, vocal critic of what he's calling the insurrection, uh, turns out as uh, a young alderman in a Mississippi community, Uh, He placed himself on the opposite side, sympathizing with a secessionist group known as the Republic of New Africa. Yeah. And participating in a news conference, blaming law enforcement for instigating clashes. And it gets worse than that. We'll explain coming up next.